Several years ago, there was a man that was talking to his son about life. And, you know, as fathers, we all, we do that from time to time. We have the dad talks, and sometimes our kids listen, sometimes they don't. Well, this dad was talking to his son. He said, son, um, I need to talk to you about, about what's going to happen in your life. And, and um, so the son began to start talking. The dad asked him, listen, what are you going to do? But what's your plans? The son, was, the son said, well, Daddy, my plan is, is I'm going to go to, you know, finish high school, and I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to get a degree, and I'm going to make all kinds of money. Well, when he got to that point, part, his daddy said, well, what are you going to do then? The son was that's kind of that's kind of a crazy question, Dad. But but I'm going to find me a good woman. I'm going to get married, and and we're going to have a great family, and I'm going to buy a house, and and we're going to have the you know again a good family. We're going to maybe have a lake house, maybe have a boat. I don't know all kinds of things. And the dad looked at him and said, and "What then?" He said, "Well, he said." Um, I guess my kids will grow up and, and I'll continue working. I'm going to you know, continue to, go, to grow in my job. I'm going to be very successful. I'm going to have all, kind, all the stuff I ever want, Dad. He said, that's great. And what then? He said, well, I guess I'll retire. And, and me and my wife will travel and we'll go different places and see the things of the world. And it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And the dad looked at him and said, and what then? The son's kind of getting frustrated. He said, well, Dad, I guess I'm going to die. And the dad said precisely, what then? You know, all kidding aside, we spend way too much time worrying about being prepared for this world. Do we not? Everything we know about and we think about is physical. But there's coming a day when we're not going to be here anymore. There's coming a point in time where we're going to have an appointment, that appointment with death. Hebrews 11 to verse 6. I mean, it talks about you know, having faith, and we've got to have that faith that diligently seek God. But then also in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. So in your life, what then? You know, we sang about the cross this morning. We're going to talk about that some this morning. That's what's important, is the spiritual things in life. And you know, we don't realize that until we lose somebody, or we don't realize that until we are faced with, with, with that um, finality, really. But really and truly, we spend way too much time worried about this world. Christ said in Matthew 16, verse 26, For what is a man profit if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? How many times do we teach our kids, here's what's important. You've got to get a good education. You've got to get a good job. You've got to, to make all kinds of money. You've got to have this and that. I'm not saying that's not important. But that's not the most important. You see, you can gain all the money, all the wealth, have everything you can possibly ever have in this world, and if you die without Jesus in your life and as your Savior, it's worthless. It's totally worthless. Your life has been a failure if you do not leave here with that salvation in Christ. And as parents, we are 
told. I mean, we're, we're shown by the Scripture that we are to teach our kids. Well, we teach them the best that we can. Now, can we make every decision for them? No. They make their own decisions. We, we counsel them. We, we guide them. We try to help them. But they make their own decisions in life. But y'all, we have got to teach that the most important thing in life is the salvation of your soul. We've got to teach that. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 to begin with this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And again, as we sing about the cross and, and how important the cross is, we sing about all the different things, the, the, the pain, the agony that Christ went through. The reason He was there was because of our sin. I want you to notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, in verse number 18, Paul said these words, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Is that not true? That's true today, isn't it? Very, very true. It was true in Paul's day. It's very true today. The preaching of the cross to most people is foolish. You're telling me that, that a man died on a tree and because of that you're going to, to go to services three times a week and then you're going to strive to, to follow a book that's so old that, I mean, there's so many things not even known about it, but, but you're going to try to follow it. The world thinks it's foolish. But we as Christians know it's not foolish. We as Christians know it is the power of God. It's the power of God unto salvation. That, that has been given to every human being. It's given to every man. When Jesus came and died on the cross, He died for every single person that's ever lived. Going back to Adam and going forward until the very end of time. His, his blood that He shed there will take away their sin. That's what's important. When you think about uh, what he says here that it's, it's foolishness to those who, who don't believe, but to us who are saved. Notice that. To those, who are, those of us who are saved, it is the power of God. It is God's power. Remember Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. God's power is here in our hands. Let me ask this a question. Now, I want you to be honest with yourself. Don't, I mean, we're not raising hands or anything as far as I, I did this or I didn't do that. How many of you read your Bible every day? How many, how many of you spend time every day in the Word of God? We say, we say it's important, right? It is important. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12 it is, it is God's Word. Now, if we're not going to read and study it and learn from it, what good is it? I can say all day long that, you know, that, that I, I believe in Jesus and I trust in Him and He's my salvation. But if I'm not reading the book that God has given to me, what am I doing? Now, it, it talks about the cross, right? It speaks about what the cross is about. It, I mean, you go back to the Old Testament. What's the whole thesis of the Old Testament? Or the whole summary? Jesus is coming. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what's the, what is the, the summary there? 
Jesus is here. Acts through Revelation, what's the summary? Jesus is coming again. Y'all, there's so much that's important about this book and about the spiritual aspects of our lives because we're not just mere physical beings. We're not going to live up on this earth and then die and then we're going to be like Rover and dead all over. It's not, it don't matter. We're different. We got a spirit inside of us that God literally breathed into each of us and we're going to be given that spirit back unto God who gave it. I want to look at an example in Luke chapter 16. If you would, Luke chapter 16. And I want us to think about these two men that are, that are pictured here. And I want us to think about the difference that, that these two guys, um, the difference in this life and also the difference in the next life. And I'm not going to read all of it, but in Luke chapter 16, um, beginning in verse 19, it says there was a certain rich man named uh, I'm sorry, a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, he fared sumptuously every day, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gates full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. came to pass the beggar died and was carried into the, by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. I want you to stop there for a second. Which one of these men had achieved the American dream? The rich man. Didn't he? he had everything he wanted. He, he had gained all the power. He gained all the material possessions. It says he fared sumptuously every day. It means he ate anything that he wanted to. I mean, if a man wanted caviar, he had it. If he wanted whatever, he had it. But what about Lazarus? See, Lazarus, when you look at him, he was a beggar laid at the rich man's gate. Why was he a beggar? I don't know the answer to that. Was it maybe because he couldn't work? Maybe was it because he was physically unable? Maybe whatever disease he had that the dogs were licking his sores made it where he just could not physically work? I don't know. But I do know this, from the world's standpoint, which one of them were successful? Oh, rich man over there, he was successful. Man, I wish I had his money. But what happens? It came to pass in verse 22 that the beggar died and carried by the angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. Now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. In life he had it made. What didn't he do right? Evidently he didn't have a relationship with God. Evidently, he did not prepare himself to meet God. Lazarus did. And even though Lazarus was considered to be unsuccessful, he was, you know, he was a thorn in many people's side because I'm sure he didn't smell good, he didn't look good. But 
where's he at? He's in Abraham's bosom. You know, what I want us to take from the lesson today, I want us to think about what's really important. Oh, by the way, that don't mean I'm quitting yet, but I'm just saying, what I want us to take from the lesson today is I want us to really think about what's important. The spiritual things of life are important. We have got to start making priority for the spiritual things of life. Reading your Bible, praying to your God, talking to, to Him about all your issues and all your problems, thanking Him for all the blessings that He gives you. That's what's important. Y'all, the Gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest message that's ever been spoken. And it's the message that we have got to tell other people about. When, when Paul writes the, to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15... He talks about how important the gospel is. Yeah, go ahead, if you don't care, turn your Bibles over. We're going to look at a couple of verses. But I want you to, in your life, think about what does the gospel mean to you? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, what does it mean? Definitely the cross signifies what happened to our Lord. But if He was to just die on the cross and not been resurrected, it wouldn't have mattered. He'd been like so many other people that had died for some kind of cause that they were adamant about. But Jesus died, was buried, and was resurrected. And He was seen of so many people. And Paul points that out here in 1 Corinthians 15. But look at verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Notice, you have already received this and you're standing in it. What does it mean to stand in something? It means it's part of me. It's really important to me. It's something that I'm going to do. Well, that's what Paul's saying to the Corinthians. Now, let me say this. Was the Corinthian church perfect? Oh, by no means, right? You go back to chapter 5 and there's some horrendous things talked about there. But Paul is saying, listen, I have preached the gospel to you. You have received it. You're standing in it. And verse 2, by which also ye are saved. You see, you're saved by the gospel of Christ. You're not saved by your good works. You're not saved by how good you can be. You're saved by what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary. Titus 3 verse 5 talks about not by works of righteousness which we've done, but because of what He's done. It's because of what Jesus did. So when I'm, when I'm thinking spiritually, I realize I'm not perfect. I make so many mistakes. But who do I belong to? Who do I place my faith in? Who do I place my hope in? Well, if you place it in Jesus, and you're standing in Jesus, then you're saved. It says, verse 2, by which also you're saved... If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. You see, some people do believe in vain. It's a worthless belief. And it's because of maybe somebody's trying to get them to do it. Maybe they've got friends that, that are encouraging them, whatever. But there's not a true change. There's not a true belief in Jesus. If I really believe who Jesus is, does that change me? It does. It does. It changes me. In verse 3, For I delivered unto you from, of, of all that which also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Okay, that's the first leg of the Gospel, isn't it? 
He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Then He goes on to talk about all the people that seen Him. you got Peter, you got 500 brethren, you got James, you got Paul himself. What is really important today to you? When you stop and you think about what God has given you. He's given you a lot. You may not have what everybody else has. Big deal. I don't know what we're in our in our thought process. We think we've got to have what everybody else has. Let me tell you what you need to have. You need to have a spiritual awakening. All of us do. And I'm not. And please think when I'm. I'm not pointing any fingers because if you do, you got three pointing back at yourself. So be careful pointing fingers. But it's important, y'all, in our life that we think about there's coming a point in time where I won't be here. And that's coming to all of us. It is appointed unto us. wants to die. What makes that so incredibly important is because there may be a time or before that time happens, that I have every opportunity in the world to obey the gospel. That I have every opportunity in the world to give my life to Jesus and to follow Him and to do that which is right. What happens if I don't? Ask the rich man Luke 16. He lifted up his eyes in torment. He lost. He's lost forever. And it's not something that just, oh, he's lost for one, you know, one millisecond. He's thrown into a, to a burning fire and he's burned up and it's over with. That's not what it says. It goes on and on and on. Christ said, where the worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. we got to realize that we have the opportunity on this side, of, uh, this side of our grave, we have the opportunity to obey Jesus, to live for Him, have the best life ever on this side, and then to have that wonderful life with Him on the other side. But if I choose to reject Him on this side, He's going to reject me on the other side too. Matter of fact, he said in Matthew 10 and verse 32, If any man will confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But then he went on in verse 33 says, If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father which is in heaven. The story would begin with, what then? You see, at some point in our life, we're going to be to the point that we're going to leave here. What then? Where do you stand this morning? Are you a New Testament Christian? Have you obeyed the gospel of Christ that's talked about here in Acts chapter 2? On that day, the people heard the word of God the first time, the pure, unadulterated gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They heard it. They believed it. And they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? In verse 37 of Acts 2. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In verse 41 of that chapter, we find that 3,000 people did exactly that. Do you believe this morning that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? If you're not a Christian, do you believe that He's the Son of God? Would you this morning be willing to repent of your sins? Say, listen, I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to change. Because I realize there's a day coming that I'm going to leave this life and I can't change after that. If you've never obeyed the gospel, would you please repent? Repent of your sins. Would you be willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God before men? If you would be willing to do that, then, you're will, then you'd be willing to, to be buried in a watery grave of baptism. 
You know, baptism just symbolizes the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Right? You die to your sins, you're buried with Christ, and you're raised to walk in newness of life. This morning, if you've never done that, if you've never been obedient, why not do that today? If you've worn away from the thought of God, maybe you've been letting physical things take way too much priority over your spiritual life. Maybe you want the prayers of the church. Maybe whatever you're on those kinds of needs that you may have this morning, we'd be glad to pray with you and pray for you. If you need to come, please come as we stand as we sing.